if I'm going to play a game, I'm going to do something I can't do in real life. I don't under, like that's a whole rant. I'm just like, I, I'm, I don't understand why you would play a game where you get like, I want to be a wizard. I want to be an orc. I want to be a sniper, like things I cannot do. You're listening to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries and are proud members of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. In this episode, John Rush, gaming pastor at Elevation Church, joins Bubba to talk about his journey from aspiring professional Halo player to helping lead and develop nerd culture ministry at one of the largest churches in the U.S., Join the conversation as they look at ways to increase your accountable influence by raising the bar for expectation and excellence. Hey there, and welcome to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. My name is Bubba, one of the hosts here. Mark is away doing a hundred other things this week, but today I am joined with my good friend, John W. Key Rush. What's up, everybody? What's up, nerds? What's going on, man? (laughs) What's that from, dude? I feel like it's from Parks and Rec or something. What's up, nerds? What's like up, nerds? It. I say it all the time. Yeah, so maybe you What's just think from? I'm super cool and you just want to quote me. Yeah, probably. I'm quoting Bubba. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, hey, I'm here with John Rush of Elevation Church. Maybe you've heard of it. Kind of a big deal in the church world. And as we start to get into this, the reason we want to have Rush on is because, man, you're doing so much stuff in the space. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, you know, Elevation Youth, Youth Nation, Youth Nation Gaming, and all that stuff. But before we get too far into that, explain explain to our listeners and our viewers what in the world a gaming pastor is, because that's what your title is, or at least part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I put in my uh, my Twitter or my X bio because it just makes sense. I think in in the HR files it says like esports director, but part of that is because like everything here is e, so it's like e groups, e kids, <laughs> um, and so. I think that's part of it, but I, I would offend any real esports uh, professionals uh, in uh, in that gaming is more my forte and content. I don't claim to know how to. Uh, the only thing esports that I can really do these days is I can cast the heck out of a tournament. Um, other yes, than you that, can, dude. I can't. I can't play. Um, couldn't coach in most games. I could be a great motivational coach. Does any esports teams need that? I can help. Yeah, with. yeah they, they need galvanizers. Uh, You're a galvanizer. I can do that. Um, Hype guy. But um, but but honestly, that that's that is um, you know, I like to say like my day job at the church is um, because even in large churches, man, everyone's got multiple wears multiple hats in ministry. Just just how ministry is. And um, so my primary responsibilities are um, being one of the pastors at our broadcast location. And so I oversee our youth ministry there, um, as well as our spiritual development, our small group structure there. That's our Ballantyne campus. So um, if you're normally, that's the one that people visit. So if you are visiting in South Charlotte, our Ballantyne campus, um, come see me, say what's up. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And that's real talk because some of our guys went out there and they got to do just that. They hung out with you a little bit. That's right. Gave them the tour. At a Midwood barbecue. Love Ooh, I don't Good know times. what that is, but man, from Texas, I like the word barbecue. Yeah, it's like Carolina. Like Carolina, like the only distinct food that Carolina really has that I've discovered is is barbecue. Um, 
but I don't know that it's as good as Texas. My favorite barbecue is Alabama, actually. Alabama? Is Alabama like a vinegar base? No, no? It, theirs is like a white barbecue um, sauce. I don't and, even and like know what peppered. that means. It's very, very gravy? good. Gravy? He's trying to say gravy? It, it kind of looks like that, but it is it is, it is, is fire. Um, but yeah, yeah, come, come see us for real. Hey, uh, Rush, before, before we kind of get into it, we like to talk about what was your calling like? Um, you know, how did you get into ministry? All that stuff. We're just going to start with the understanding that you're already there. You're in ministry. It's yeah. happening. You're doing it. Uh, and you're at Elevation. Now, how did you get from where you were before to actually being at Elevation, which massive church, like worldwide recognition, music, Pastor Stephen Furtick, like Elevation is a name and it is, it's some, for some people, it's a mountain to be climbed. Like, how did you find yourself at Elevation? Yeah. The way I found myself here is not trying to get here. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I just think that my whole, I, I think my whole life, every opportunity that I've ever had in life that has been momentous or felt on a bucket list, or even now has come from an overflow of just being faithful with the last thing God asked me to do. And, um, I think there's a difference between self-sabotage. Uh, like for instance, when I was first uh, reached out to by Elevation to come on staff. I said no. Not a lot of people know that because um, hey, my wife and I, I didn't know that. Yeah, we were on staff at a church. We had been. My wife and I had met and had been leading a youth ministry in Rockford, Illinois, a place near and dear to our heart. Our first daughter was born there. We have a lot of great friends there. I mean, you're talking a decade in ministry. I'm starting to hire some of my youth kids. You know, like that's yeah. a sweet spot, man. It's so cool. And we were in so many schools, and you know, even with esports, you know. Illinois was one of the first uh, um, states to really catch esports because Robert Morris University, which is a, a college there, was one of the, like the I think is there the second in the nation to adopt an esports program. And so a teacher at the sc public school right across the street from the church, like you could hit it with the rock, uh, Jeff Pittner, he's still doing it. I should text him. Um, he <laughs> he got a grant approved by the school district for like a hundred k, and they became the first varsity. Um, varsity sports league in a team in our, um, in our city. And one of the first in Illinois, probably one of the first in the nation. So anyway, we were, you know, we were very, we loved it there. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you, you don't have to self-sabotage yourself, but hmm. God, I think is looking for people who are stewarding what they had. And even the parable of the talents, Jesus says to whom, um, more, uh, much has been given, even more will be given. And so, I think that's just what we've tried to do. One of my good mentors, Nick Nielsen, uh, he told me, he said, everything good in life and in ministry, um, God will bring it to you. So don't worry about chasing it, you know? And even like, I've watched how certain like relationships, I go, I look up to that person. Over the years, God just brings me in the room and I'm just their friend. And it's such a better story when God does it versus when you go out of your way to try to, yeah, oh, you know, because... A lot of times, if, especially if it's a person of influence, they don't like being rolled up on, you know, most or you know, um, and so, so yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, we got here in January of 2020 and I've been listening to Pastor Stephen preach since I was 17 and he was one of the first YouTube pastors that I found. And so, I mean, it's just been the honor of a lifetime to get to be a part of the team here. It's been, it's been very fun. So what has that been like, um, kind of, you know, moving from Illinois, you know, from, you know, massive youth group to now 
they're bringing you in to do a pretty specific thing. Like this is a real like like Jason Bourne kind of thing. Like, hey man, we need a, a real specific, like a real like taken Liam Neeson kind of kind of a moment, right? We need a special set of skills yeah. for them to say, hey, so gaming. Like what, uh, how do we, did they have an idea when you came in or did you come with fresh ideas or what did that look like? No. So I just moved there to be, be our, our broadcast location youth pastor and help lead and develop some of the, the youth directors on, on, on the team at the various campuses. But we got there in January, 2020. So if anyone's, you know, I don't want to bring anyone back to trauma, you know, but a couple months after January in the year of 2020, a lot went down in the world. Uh, shutdowns and all these things. And so um, essentially, you know, every, like every, you know, most churches in America, we were asking ourselves, man, how do we stay connected with people when we can't meet them physically? And everyone was kind of like rewriting their job descriptions. It was so funny. It was like everyone was being conscripted into the digital army, like campus pastors <laughs> were being taught Facebook. Like it was hilarious. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. it was like worship leaders were like, Hey, this is how you, you uh, create um, a, a community group on, on Facebook, you know, and here's how you manage it. It's so cool. You know, and like our church, it was, it was awesome. You know, but our, our pastor was like, Hey, like we will be, we will, we will keep doing ministry and we will stay in people's lives. We will not let, um, uh, physical presence stop us. And so, um, I used that opportunity to say, raise my hand in a room and say, what if we streamed on Twitch? Could we, you know, and honestly, the, the, the main idea was, um, you know, we were just trying to think, man, how can we, well, someone had said in a meeting, how can we help give students a sense of, of, of normalcy in this crazy time? And, you know, even sh sports were shut down. You know, remember this is before the NBA bubble, you know, and I go, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, guys, I know how we can bring sports back. And they're like, what are you talking about? I go, guys, let's do a 2K tournament. And I'm not even a 2K guy. I'm, I, I don't play sports games at all. You know, I, I watch some sports. But if I'm going to play a game, I'm going to do something I can't do in real life. I don't under, like that's a whole rant. I'm just like, I, I'm, I don't understand why you would play a game where you could like, I want to be a wizard. I want to be an orc. I want to be a sniper, like things I cannot do. So um, not, not, I guess not that I can play like a professional basketball player, but you know, you get it. And so anyway, so our first You're not playing like, like pastor simulator <laughs> yeah, online. Yeah. yeah. It's not happening. So our, our first, our first like event, our first Twitch stream was a 2K bracket that we did. And we said, hey, whether you want to play, whether you play 2K or you just want to watch some basketball, we're having different kids from different campuses play each other. And um, over, you know, and we can talk, you know, I'd love to tell all the ups and downs, hills and valleys, you know, but the yeah. short story is that even beyond the world event um, that happened, um, I just never know which platforms still like uh, punish people for saying the words, you know, like I'm not like I'm not personally afraid to talk about any of that stuff. I just, just yeah. everyone knows, you know, the world event um, yeah. um, happened. We saw that gaming was a viable form of uh, ministry and we're continuing it uh, to this day. So kind of trial by fire. And I think a lot of times we pray, we pray for new opportunities, but we well, oftentimes God gives us new opportunities in the form of a new way to serve people and a, and a problem to be solved. And often in a really inconvenient time of our life. Um, oh, yeah. and, and so I, I think, uh, that's, that, that, that's kind of like the mini story. So, um, that's why like, even to this day, like, you know, we don't have any full-time staff yet, but we're able to have some part-time helping with stuff. And then it's still very volunteer grassroots. Um, and even like, you know, it's my passion project at work, but, um, no one at work wants to like shut it down because they're like, this is doing stuff, you know? So yeah exciting it's cool 
Dude, that's that's fantastic. And I, I've I've been a part of some of the live streams that you guys have done. And it is it's a sight to behold. Um, so if you guys get a chance, we'll have all the show notes or all the, all the information in the show notes. Go check them out. It's if you're trying to learn how to do stuff, how to communicate and connect with maybe a younger audience, maybe even an older audience. It doesn't matter if you want to use gaming as a way to connect with people. I mean, Youth Nation Gaming is is a great a great way to do that. I do like for when we before we started rolling. This is this is what my YouTube stuff looks like. I'm watching Mortal Kombat tournaments. I'm watching like MK1 is big right now. Yeah, and I'm trying to kind of figure out if it's anything that I even want to dip my toe into with all the cameos and other characters popping in. I like watching Street Fighter stuff. I've been watching that forever, like a lot of fighting games, but I'll sit and I'll watch Madden tournaments. I'll watch 2K tournaments. I'll watch, uh, I was watching MLB and FIFA for a while. A lot of the sports-based games, that's what they do. Yeah. They just, they draw people in from all over the world in different corners of the map and this digital universe that we live in to say, hey, do you want to play? Yeah. Yeah. And so if anybody's interested, go check him out um, and figure that out. Hey, you actually did a tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was a Fortnite tournament. Correct me if I'm wrong. At camp in front of the entire camp this past year. And it freaking rocked it. Yeah, that definitely. Talk about that for a little bit. That definitely is one of my favorite things that we've done. And I show a lot when I speak. I get to, you know, it's honestly like the idea of digital uh Digital methods of ministry, um, uh, specifically in youth ministries, youth and young adult ministries and gaming is, I, I'm, I get asked to speak about it a lot now. And, and that's one of the things that I show at these churches. Essentially, we just took the same format of camp games, red team, blue team, green team. And, you know, and instead of throwing water balloons in a field, um, we had Fortnite and Fall Guys. And um, it was on the big screen and the big stage and 3,000 people. And um, what was so cool is... Um, I'm going to say something and then I'm going to walk it back on purpose. Cause I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I'm going to reveal some, some thinking. I think that even us gamers, even us nerds, um, allow in our minds that I think is a limiting factor, but is actually a, a path to our potential and purpose. Even non gamers came up to me afterwards and said, that was the best part of, of the camp games. That was the most entertaining thing we, 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 we've done. And you watch, you can go back and watch the footage. I posted some of it on my Instagram and my Twitter. Yeah. The whole crowd is freaking out. Now, I don't know if these kids play Fortnite. I don't know if these kids play Fall Guys. But the thing about esports and gaming is they're designed, especially now, for spectator sports. So, um, and, you know, you got up there, especially for Fall Guys, you know. So our strategy was for Fortnite, we just were like, hey, which, which campuses have the, the, who are your most cracked kids? And they were box yeah. fighting as crazy, as really high skill cap but then we flip the narrative with fall guys saying anyone can play fall guys and so we let kids who maybe don't feel like they're pros or anything get a chance to play in like an esports environment and their team's cheering them on but then we also threw some of the youth pastors up there and kids were going nuts watching their youth pastors fail at fall guys i mean there was one time where like and, and, you know if you watch fall guys like you know how funny it is and i don't play that game by yeah. the way like i barely even play fortnite anymore i'm playing it now because as of this recording they just re-released og and I know oh, those yeah. guns. I'm going to show them how, who yeah. dad is. Okay. You know, yeah, season one's back, baby. I'm going to show them. Um, <laughs> we drop in tilted towers. Okay. Straight out of tilted. You know, <laughs> if that doesn't take you back, it ain't for you. Don't it's even worry so, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um, there was sometimes where like 
like one of the like second, third and fourth kept getting knocked off the map at the final like obstacle and fall guys for like legit five minutes. It was hilarious. The crowd was going crazy. <laughs> so the re- the thing I'm going to walk back is saying non-gamers. The reality yeah. is, is statistically most of America, you know, 71% and up are gamers of some ilk. And yeah. so even if they're not Fortnite players, even if they're not fall guys players, they will appreciate the medium. And so what I found is like, why did it hit the crowd that way? Not only are our are games designed for spectators of mine from Twitch and 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 uh, Twitch streamers and and other streamers and and uh, esports, uh, but because everyone understands it, you know, like they go, oh yeah, I, I I'm not I might not play Fortnite, but I play Mortal Kombat, and I get that I get the idea. And so I just think um, gaming is one of the great equalizers in culture right now, and more people game. I mean, this morning I'm playing the new um, Fortnite. Um, update OG Fortnite, my first yeah. game in. I see bonus boy five seven seven one join my party. I haven't logged into Fortnite in years. I've casted a bunch of tournaments, but but I haven't played it. And I go, who is this guy? And I'm like, it's probably one of my youth students. So I'm not going to kick them out, but I'm also not going to turn on voice chat because I'm trying to just play Fortnite. <laughs> so we go into duos, and we're like, we're like, re- we're really gelling. And then this person kind of like carries me a little bit, and I'm like, then we get a win. And then I get a text from my boss at church, my campus pastor, JJ, who is not someone who streams or you would ever think of as a gamer. He plays Fortnite. And so it's just like, I really think the opportunity with gaming is that um, the term nerd even, I mean, that's all of us, man. Really is. Like, we're just in an age, a golden age of like, I remember when you did get picked on for being a nerd. But now everyone is a nerd, you know? And so I think that that's why we're seeing such a mass appeal with gaming um, because really in some form or fashion, everyone does it. Dude, our retirement homes are going to be absolute bangers only, man. It's just like Fortnite tournaments and, you know, Call of Duty. It's <laughs> just going to be you know, land party everywhere. They oh need to gosh, rewrite man. Ready Player One from the perspective of the elderly. Because I think that's what it's going to be. <laughs> the elderly who can't move in real life, they're caught up in, they can't go anywhere else. But when that, when the technology of Ready Player One, and I encourage everyone, if you haven't read the book Ready Player One, it's oh, it's it's so much more expressive and expansive than even the movie. For real, I'm not that guy, right? Yeah. My, my wife is that guy. I'm not that guy that says, "Well, the but the book was better." The book was yeah. Better. Ready Player One like, book goes crazy, fire, yeah. absolute great. Well, hey man, we um we like to talk a little bit about how you got into. just ministry in general. You know, a lot of people struggle with, is God calling me into this? Is he speaking to me? Is it just something that I'm kind of thinking about? Or like, so talk a little bit about John Rush and his calling into ministry. However, beautiful, or in my case, I stumbled into it. Like God put me basically in a spot and said, ministry, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get it now? Do you understand? So let's hear a little bit about your call. How did John Rush get into ministry? Well, I, I, I think the older I get, the more I really feel God really just reminding me of my, as a, as a vocational pastor, which is my form of ministry and calling, just my Ephesians 4 mandate of equipping the saints to do ministry. And, and I think that pastoral positions are a unique reality, you know, even biblically and just practically, right? Um, but ministry is for everyone. And in fact, there's a lot of ministry that will not happen if it's restricted to the church. And I think that we've adopted a model of church um, 
uh, in the last 20, 30 years in America, at least, that is very much so about like, hey, come here. And um, when the Bible is, is a, more of a gospel of, hey, go there. And I think it's mm. great when people come to church. Um, I think it's great when people come to church and they get saved. But I really dream of a day, Bubba, where people are showing up to church already having been led to the Lord. Like imagine mm. if the Sunday starts that way. It's not after the service. It's the start of the service. What if your VIP yeah. tent, your connection area, people are before worship even starts, 15 people show up because various members of your church led them to Christ that week. And whether that was because they met them that day or because they've been building a relationship for years. And I really think that I want to encourage every business leader and, and uh, creative and streamer and bivocational person, mom, dad, you know, you, you have a ministry calling on your life. And I think that sometimes I've, I've seen Bubba people go into vocational ministry or missions thinking that that's the only way to do it. Even like, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the whole like old summer camp thing. Like this is what I saw a lot of summer camps used to do. Who is called to ministry? Come to the front. And like 800 kids. Um, <laughs> but it's like, no, we don't in that room are not 800 pastors, but in that yeah. room are 800 representatives of Jesus Christ. And we need, you know, one of my, my, my best friends and people that I game with the most, his name is Bruce. Um, and I, we also game with his wife, uh, his wife, Lori, they're almost 60. They were, um, I was their kid's youth pastor from the time their son was in sixth grade to 12th grade. Um, then I was in his wedding. Now he's married with a kid. Um, but Bruce and Lori are, are, are old school gamers. They are, um, they are quake gamers. They are like, Oh my gosh, fly in your friends from the forums to a hotel land party Yep. gamers gamer gamers yep. you know and um i mean bruce bruce works in uh he he works in construction you know and he has and i mean that dude shares jesus with people that i never will ever meet and might not ever come to a church and so i i think that's that's you know that sorry i didn't really answer the question i i mean i love it when people answer questions like that because this is how i answer questions there's there's a lot of things to say in order to get to the actual answer. So man, yeah. bit, go ahead, bro. Like keep, keep going. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I just think, I, you know, a, a guy that, that was one of the pastors that taught me, he said, the way, you know, you're called the vocational ministry, meaning working at a church or being a missionary, like, the, the, like that kind is he goes, if you could do anything else with your life and be fulfilled, do that. And just so far in my life, I just have felt in, even when I gave my life to the Lord at 16, you know, building the local church is all I've ever done. And I've been a part of small churches. I've been a part of three churches in my life. The church I got saved at, the church where I got trained up at, then my first job and I met my wife in Rockford and then Elevation. And um, all three of them are, are very different. Um, our first church was very small and we did set up and tear down every week. But even our second yeah. church was very large and we did a lot of set up and tear down, you know? So it's just, and, <laughs> and elevation is even larger and we just do set up a lot of tear down, you know? So I just, I just think it is a very pastoral ministry is a very specific calling. The reality is I went into it because when I was 18, I was not going to go to college because I hated school and I knew I'd waste my mom's money. I had a full ride to UCF because Florida had like a great, like, state tuition thing. It's not because I was smart, you know, but I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to, I just knew I'm like, I am about to squander my mother's money and I'm going to waste everyone's time. But then I was thinking about going into the military because I'm like, at least I can get jacked and like, I'll have life skills, oh, yeah. you know? Um, and the only other thing I would have done is try to pursue, you know, from the time I was, uh, a, uh, really since I was 12, I was playing in 
some variation of competitive gaming. My first game that I competed in um, on a com- on a competitive level was when I was ten, and it was called um, it was called um, it wasn't Age of Empires. Why am I why am I Empire Earth? Two Age of Empire Conquest. Empire Earth. Yeah, yeah, boy. I'll never forget when I I tried out for the best clan in the game, LM Legalized Murder, as a ten year old, <laughs> and I I destroyed. I just just absolutely wiped wiped the guy off. And I go, hey, I was like, I was like, when am I going to play someone? I just as a ten year old, I remember typing, when am I going to play someone from your clan? Because I really do want to try out. Who was that guy? And they go, that was our clan leader. And and nope. so so. And, and, and then, you know, in high school, especially my dream to become a professional Halo player was, was really the focus of my, my, my high school time. The reality is, is in 2009, 2009, here's my uncle Rico story. In 2009, <laughs> uh, MLG national championships in Orlando, Florida, we placed like 62nd. Um, and so there just wasn't a social media infrastructure, Bubba. There wasn't other ways for, there wasn't college stuff. Like there was just no, there was, it was such a risk that we could ever like we were basically having to scrape together all of our money just to play in these tournaments, let alone try mm-hmm. to live off of it. And so what my youth pastor said, Hey, I think you have, I think you have ministry call in your life. And then I started working at a church for $50 an hour or $50, not, <laughs> not an hour, a week, sorry, a week. <laughs> yeah. I did that for like, four you're, years. Dude, you're, um, you're rolling, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 They hiring. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, kind of like you, like it, in some ways it was, the only option that really made sense. And, but I've watched how by following that call to ministry, God's brought all my passions into, um, into, you know, the calling of ministry. Yeah. And I have watched that just in the short time that you and I have actually gotten to know each other, which is basically in the last year. All right. You know, 12 months almost (laughs) to, to the T here. I've gotten to know you and I mean, I've just, I've fallen in love with, you know, just you as a friend and kind of the stuff that you guys are doing over there with Elevation and also some of the guys that just are in your your really tight sphere, you know? I've gotten no preacher guy uh, because of your connection. We're going to talk him. about him on the podcast. I just, I'm just saying I got to know him. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, say his name three times and then I got to pay him to be here. Got to, you know, get his rider going. Dumpstered. Got him. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that in too. I yes, think that's perfect. You have I'm, to, I'm, gonna it, I'm gonna post I'm gonna this clip when we. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be so good because he's not gonna hear this until well after <laughs> Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. Oh my, <laughs> it's gonna gosh. be so good. It's so good. Uh, hey, love you, Grant. Um, but I mean, I've gotten to really get to know some of the the people that are in your circle and kind of see how you guys operate and the things that you guys do and say. And I'm gonna be real, man. Like it's it's impressive. It's, it's a big stuff, right? We're not talking just moving chairs, you know, for the potluck at the end of service. I mean, we're talking paving, paving pathways for, for myself, for other people that are coming, you know, behind, um, or even people that are, that are ahead of you, but that aren't, aren't known and can't get to the spaces that you guys are, are already finding yourselves in. This is, what you guys are doing is really helping. Like it's it's putting it on the map. It's making it more accessible so that when we do things like the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit, and at the time of this recording, it hasn't happened yet. But when you hear it, it has happened yet. And so like it, those things are able to happen and people are bringing us in to speak and learning about how they can reach and better love and serve the nerds that are directly in their spaces because 
large organizations. I'm a big fan of large organizations. I think big organizations do big things, right? Yeah. And so large organizations setting out and saying, hey, yeah, I mean, we're going to put gaming passer on on your title list here because we want people to know that that's an important thing. And so, man, I are you guys I know you're 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 working through some stuff, you know, dreaming big and doing vision casting and stuff with your team. Are there things that you guys are starting to forecast um, maybe for the rest of 2023 and, and starting in 2024? Yeah, I mean, our whole journey has been just a trial and error. And, um, you know, our pastor, we, um, he's very, he's very um, uh, aware, burdened by the idea that people would uh, get the message from our church that we have it all together and they used to do what we do. And so he's very yeah. much coaches us to like, doesn't want us to act like we know, like, like, Hey, if we're good at something, we'll tell you, you know, like, Hey, we're worship. <laughs> we, we, there's an anointing and a, a precision in how we do worship. That is just, yeah. just real, you know, but even within the thing that we're so good at, there's, you know, man, if you knew behind the scenes, ups, downs, and you know, it's just sure. so funny, you know, and, but, and so even like we had like a, we had a conference that we did for a few years called inside elevation and our pastor, uh, paused it, stopped it might not ever happen again because he said, I think we're selling the wrong thing. He said, I think we're bringing people in here and we're giving them our best foot forward. And they're leaving mm -hmm. here wanting to purchase orange tents and ask what guitar Chris Brown <laughs> uses. And he's like, that's yeah. not, he's like, I want people <laughs> to see the heart of what we do so they can, you know, they can go put the flesh and bones in their expression. You know, we want to inspire people yeah. to go be their best version, you know? So just in that spirit transparently, you know, we've had a lot of wins, we've had a lot of losses and you know, it's a hump, it's a, a humbling thing to be like, man, did I just make our church look bad doing that? Did we waste money? Did, was it a good spend? What, you know, and, and, um, you know, one of the things our pastor says too, is he says the, um, uh, the price of experimentation is increased accountability. So at our church, you can kind of do anything you want. You just got to prove the concept and you're not going to get, you're not going to start it by giving, getting a hundred K budget and a bunch of posts from the from the social media accounts of the church. It's going to be like, Hey, what can you build right. on the ground? And then there's just the wisdom of just going like, Hey, let's not shine a light on, on something, you know? And so even I've never, I've not in anything we've done. So what is this? Almost 2024. Wow. Four years we've been doing mm -hmm. this. I've not ever really asked for the full weight of the church's marketing or attention for anything gaming related. Um, because I just don't think we're ready because what if, you know, sometimes we're so worried about what if no one shows up, but I'm like, man, what if more people show up than we can handle? And we've even, that's what terrifies me all the time. Yeah. What if it works? Yeah. Cause you can get numbers, you can get people and And I mean, just think about it. Like how many churches do great on Easter? Yeah. What happens next? And, and I think we can even in church world, um, get addicted to the, to the peaks um, and live mountaintop to mountaintop without ever answering to God for what we did in between. And I've just done this mm. too long to care about big events anymore. You know, like I've just done this too long to give a rip. If we have some cool posts, I want to make this thing last. I want this to be real yeah. in students' lives. And so, you know, even one example, you know, one of my good friends in the industry, um, his name is monster Deface, um, Javier Colazzo just started a new, um, coffee for gamers brand. 
He's really trying to educate people to get them off energy drinks and the powdered drinks with bad stuff. And so uh, Cafe Colazzo here, free, free ad. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Cafe yeah. Colazzo. Yeah, it's great coffee. I just drank it this morning, um, but I love the mission because he's like, hey, these kids are literally being like ripped by, you know, some of these energy drink brands or they should at least know about like a natural source of caffeine. So yeah. Um, but, but you know, he does, he's one of the main personalities for Fortnite. You know, he gets flown out to, you know, Europe when they do the world cup, he was at the world cup, he, you know, great guy, but he also has an esports production company. They're, they're who we, who I do all my work with whenever I'm doing a large mm -hmm. event. Um, but man, I was like, Hey, we have, here's a big, but we have a big budget. We're going to invest in five weeks of bat of five weeks in a row of $1,000 Fortnite tournaments. Um, yeah. And man, we saw in those five weeks, um, we were averaging 225 CCV on Twitch, which for us was huge. Um, and um, for like our gaming stuff. Yeah, man. And um, and we, we saw it was just under 2,200 uh, students join our Discord. It was revival. That's crazy. It was revival until it wasn't. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you just, you know, so... I think we just know that like, you know, we know we can flip a switch and get a bunch of eyeballs and do it. The question yeah. is, can we build a foundation that lasts and can we build a system that actually makes sense? And there are some things that, that don't make sense for a church to, to do with gaming, you know, like even now I'm like, I don't, we don't need a streamer. You know, that's how I kind of started it. You know, me and my buddy Layton were streaming, both of us streaming 40 hours a week. Um, and, and, we we're grind. We we're doing the path to partner, you know, but it's like, there's other people yeah. doing that, you know? So I think it's, I think it's in anything, asking the question, what is it that only we can do to reach the people that we have been called to reach? What's the service we can provide? So we've not, we've shifted our focus more to how do we develop the next um, generation of, of streamers for God? You know, we have 12 mm. students in our student leadership program that we're developing to be um, either front facing influencers um, or behind the scenes. And I, I think there's a lot of, great things God is doing in the nerd culture space. But yeah, I don't think there's enough discussion about Gen Z and Gen Alpha. And I certainly don't see many people disi discipling people. And I yeah. think that we can get very caught up in our like chest bumps and bros vibe. And I go, but what about the teenagers? What about who's up next? Yep. And this is what Jesus was an expert at is, is seeing the young people and raising up the next generation. And, and I always, I always love um, thinking about how, you know, everyone always kind of maximizes on Jesus, uh, well, you know, at the end of his ministry, he only had 12 and really it was only 11 because Judas left and, and then a couple of women and Thomas <laughs> didn't even believe. And, and I think sometimes we use that, that dip in, in, in that cleansing moment of Jesus' ministry to make us feel bad when, we, when we've been unsuccessful for a couple of years and we over-spiritualize yeah. our failure. But, but what Jesus did leave when he ascended was he went from 12 disciples to 120 in the upper room. And I just think that too much we focus on the 3,000, trying to get the 3,000 from Pentecost instead of mm. trying to build the infrastructure 120 um, to facilitate the growth of Pentecost. And I think this is even practical for streamers. You know, I get on guys all the time. I get on Preacher Guy, dude. I'm going to put you on mm. Front Street, Grant. You know, <laughs> why is Mr. B successful? Because he built a team. If you analyze all of Mr. B's creative process, he never did it alone. He always was with people. He was always operating with a team mentality. And and and, yeah. and 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 still to this day, like think about it. The biggest YouTuber in the world always has guys with him. No one else yeah, does. Always. Everyone else is like 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 everyone else is like this solo act, and they wonder why they can never get to it. And I think yeah. that I think that you got to build an infrastructure. You know, someone who I think does this well is Cross the Crown. You know, shout out my boy Chris. Mm -hmm. Is you hear him talk like this? He's got his editing group and these buddies and, yep. and his guys and you know and it's 
part discipleship, it's part management. And so I think what we're working on is, man, how do we really build the disciples of this thing? Because the strategies will come. The strategy is easy. You can get money. You can get the things. Like all that, that is not the hard part. The hard part is, can you build a squad, a foundation, a team um, a, that, that, that lasts and can, and, and can really run, uh, run the race and run the distance? So we, we've had to scale back on some tournaments and streams and, mm. and that stuff is not fun because it feels like failure. But I think what I've been framing it as is it's a tactical retreat. And a lot of times, you know, if Napoleon would have taken a couple tactical retreats in the Battle of Waterloo, he wouldn't have lost his empire. Would, but would sometimes, bit different, yeah. sometimes leaders only know how to press go. Same with, same with content creators. And so that's kind of like what we're looking at in the future is, um, man, like schools is a big deal. Raising up the next generation of, of, of streamers. I mean, there's more varsity esports athletes in America right now than there are lacrosse players. Um, and so what a weird statistic schools are blowing up. And the reason why that statistic <laughs> is used is because lacrosse yeah. in the athletic department system would be considered an emerging sport. It's like the emerging sport. Sure. Rugby's not there. Golf is kind of in the background, you know, but lacrosse is like, Hey, this is a new sport coming onto the scene. Yeah. And in a few short years, esports has outpaced it in a big way. So you know, and we'll continue to, and we'll continue to, and in, in, in colleges, and so yeah, schools raising up the next generation of streamers, and then, um, and then just supporting our local campuses. You know, instead of trying to be these big famous streamers, you know, we're we're in a mode right now. I don't know if my team would like that. I'm saying this. We're in a mode right now, Bubba. Where we go? Do we even need to stream? <laughs> I think we let the method get in the way of the mission all the time um, in ministry. Yeah. And I just go, man, the method. We do not marry methods. You know, we marry the mission, and so we're we're. Those are some of the things we're anchoring into. Man, I really love that. I, I'm constantly preaching to people. Uh, I feel like we'll get into conversations and it's it always end up, ends up into some sort of leadership tactic. And I'm like, uh, well, okay, who are you doing it with? Who's, who's helping you? Who do you have around you that's better than you, right? Like that's the best leaders are leaders of leaders, not not managers of people. Um, they're, they're creating, they're discipling, they're they're doing the things that rabbis do. And that is making little versions of themselves like Jesus did. He made little versions of himself in all of us. And so there's no way I got books, man, there's no way all of that. that a content creator will ever be able to scale by themselves. And a lot of content creators are waiting for enough money to hire the right people, but no business, no band, no church had the money to hire the people. They had a compelling vision um, mm -hmm. and, and a compelling mission that, that, that drew people in that, 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 um, had the guts to ask people to do some things for free for a little bit. And this is not yeah. a message saying, don't pay your editors, you know, nope. it's not, it's just saying the right people, if they see the right vision will invest in you and you can't do it all. Um, you just can't. And especially with the reality that, that most creators are on some level trying to shift from, from part-time streaming to full-time streaming. Yeah. You got to build a team and you, you know, like I, I can tell a lot by how a streamer is going to grow by what their mods do. I can tell a lot by a streamer, how they're going to grow. If they do have, they feel like they have to do everything. Cause here's the fallacy of doing everything, Bubba. You're, we're so finite. We will forget. And answering mm -hmm. yourself this question, what, you know, Craig or shell says, he says, if someone can do something 60% as good as you can have them do it. And creators are the worst at this because Bubba, they're like, no, but I'm the one that has to, meh. I'm like, listen, dude, you're one Are perfect. You preaching to the choir, bro. Yeah. You're one perfect TikTok. That's not what's going to win. It's your seven consistent TikToks this week. Mm -hmm. that's going to build your community. 
So you're stuck on last week's TikTok because you can't get the sound right when you could have yeah. had somebody at least automate the thumbnail. Auto, like, so ask yourself, I would just encourage, you know, any, any aspiring content creator, ask yourself, what could someone, what am I doing that someone else could do? What else could, what things could I automate? And really ask yourself, what's the secret sauce? What's the thing that only I can do? Um, because I know it's weird talking about a leadership principle in the form of content creators, Bubba, but I think you'd agree. With it me. shouldn't be. That's what's stopping a lot of people. They're exhausted, bro. We, we got to normalize it. And I mean, like it, it, this bleeds over, this is all principle-based stuff. So, you know, friends, if, if you're not a live streamer, you're not a content creator, but you're a pastor at a church or, you know, you are a leader in your youth group or whatever you're doing, if you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. Cause that is not how Jesus did it. Period. End of story, full stop. And so finding people to come alongside of you, like we said, that, that are better than you or 60%, right? Like if you find people that catch the vision, you can get them locked in. You can turn that 60 into 70, 70 into 80, 80 and 90, 90 into 120. And now they're doing things better than you ever thought they could. But the trick is being willing to humble yourself in some way, shape, or form to say, I I can't do it all myself. Because your success, this is just across the board, your success is linked to your sustainability. Like if you can't do it, you can't grow. And I see this time and time again where people are like, oh man, I just, if I can get another video out or I, you know, I can't do this or, you know, even we've run into it at Love Thy Nerd. It's like, man, we just can't get enough of these things. And it's like, well, yeah, because we need a team of editors. We have eight podcasts on our network. One person can't edit all those, not well anyway. And so bringing people in also doesn't just help you. It also gives that person legitimate, tangible buy-in and value in what it is that you're doing. And they're not just this onlooker. So, man, I, well, I stand and applaud what you guys are doing. And I, and I think, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're like, okay, but when I get the money, from an investor, from a brand, whatever we think the magical money is going to come from. Well, let me tell you, if somebody who has money asks you, hey, what do you got going? <laughs> and you just go, yeah, I just, it's me and I'm trying to. They go, I'm not giving that guy money. No, it's a but, waste of money. But when you show a plan and goes, yeah, I got three guys right now. You know, hey, I pay them 10% of my subs. Um, whenever my subs hit above 300, because at that point, it's beyond my wife and I's uh, or my, my partner mm -hmm. and I means of living. And so I'm not able to pay them what I want, but they're really good. He edits for this guy and I love his style over here. And I've got him committed yeah. for another two months under this deal. And you know, I'm using these cameras right now, which are fine. But if I was able to upgrade to these, not only would it uh, make my stream look better, but it'd be easier for me to do uh, our IRL content and here, here's the list. And really, I'm just looking at my next phase. I need a $10,000 cash infusion with somebody that can help me go to the next level so I can hire these people and make this equipment. And then that will help me work my way up to my own mm -hmm. next level. You know, it's like no streamer talks like that. And, and, and maybe that's because they are more of an entertainer and a creator. And I think that's one big thing is like, you got to know what you are and know what you're not. I've done, yeah. I think this is something that I feel like you and I can relate on, Bubba, that I've seen as a likeness. It's like, yeah, put me on camera, whatever. Like I'll go on camera, but I'm, I think I'm best behind the scenes. I, I don't, I'm not yeah. your entertainer guy. I'm not Mr. B. I'm not, I'm, I'm the, I'm coach. I'm leader. I'm CE, I'm COO. I'm CEO. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. that. And I think that these creators are more like artists, which is fine, but artists, you're never, you need a manager, right? Like you need a oh, manager. Yeah. And so I just think it's just, we got to normalize these conversations. And I really think 
the one person that applies what we just said, Bubba, will be the next person to break 70 CCV on whatever they stream on. I promise you. Which, you know, uh, CCV, for those of you guys that aren't, you know, hip to the terms, that's your concurrent viewers, right? Um, who, how many people are watching you at one particular point? And 70 may seem like a pretty low number, but for whatever reason, I think there are a myriad of reasons, that's a tough number to get over. Um, th those, those, those markers, 10's hard to get over, 20's hard to get over, 50's hard to get over, 70, 100, 150, 200. Like those markers, at, at a certain point, the numbers just jump, right? Um, then you start getting rated and, you know, people are coming to you from other places and your marketing's taking off and people know who you are, but it's all, it's all, uh, it's all snowball. You know, I have a, where yeah. is it? I, I, uh, I thought I texted it to somebody. Um, oh yeah, here it is. Um, yeah. 97% of streamers are between zero to five CCV. 1.27 are between six and 25. 0.63 of streamers are between 26 and 250. And then obviously it just goes um, up, up from there. And um, so, yeah, that's, it's a very real thing. Well, and from a ministry standpoint, right? Cause it's the nerd culture ministry underground. It's, it's not only about the numbers. Right? Yeah. Well, you gotta have in order to be successful blah, you gotta have this, have these numbers. We've talked about just like removing the affiliate like just deactivating affiliate from our Twitch account and just going and doing the thing that God wants us to do. But it, the more people you have watching you, the more opportunity you have to do ministry. And so that's, there, there's a little bit in there. And I, man, I love where this conversation went. Yeah, It was not where I had thought it was going to go, but I absolutely love that it went there because a little bit of the business side of things, which I think a lot of churches uh, are missing. 100 growth strategies and stuff like that and we see this also in content creator space i work a lot in tabletop stuff with what we do at ltn i don't see a lot of it in that area either but people that do think about it and do engage in it they grow their business grows yep. in ministry side of things their effectiveness and their reach actually grows as well yeah but we gotta let we got the holy spirit come in and man i love hearing that I hear the Holy Spirit like speaking in and through the stuff that you're saying about humility and, you know, going where God's calling you um, and, and all sorts of stuff. Well, final, hey, before we get out of final here, final words on Rush, that, just, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah me, no, just, me. I just, I think there's just a little bit of a lean in ministry moment here. Just like people listening, like two people are going to stand before God at the end of their ministry. And these two people, these two types of people are both going to be unsuccessful. The person who reached a lot of people, but was, was, not faithful behind the scenes, did not care about the individual, did not have coffee appointments, did not see the one, did not serve the mm -hmm. least of these, right? That's David when he counted the people at the censure, okay? He lost his ability to, to build the temple of God, okay? Boom. But also the person that's going to be, that's going to stand before God and be unfaithful is a person that said, God, look, I got my two. And God said, I did not give you that talent so you could bury it in the ground. And I really think that, that, that some people look at how people have squandered large ministries, Bubba, as mm -hmm. an excuse for them to not scale or grow theirs. And it's not about a size, like Bubba said. It's just about stewardship. And stewardship has a multiplication effect in it. The parable oh, yeah. of the talents tells us this. Um, in the parable of the talents, um, the master in the story, the words of Jesus said to the one who, owned, who did not multiply, he said, depart from me, wicked servant. And um, I just want to encourage some people whichever one of those that those categories you fall under man 
find be the person that multiplies what they had but doesn't get lost in the multiplication dude i love that and i think that that answers kind of the final question that would have said hey what would you have told young rush uh if if you could go back and tell him um you know one thing that you know now and i i think this entire podcast is one thing that you would like to tell young rush let's <laughs> you know, go back and be like hey when you're 10 years old and you're stomping a mud hole in the number one clan leader in empire earth um you know hey man uh, things are gonna they're gonna look up and they're gonna get better and here's how well hey rush dude where where can we find you online how can we follow some of the things that you're doing and being part of your community yeah, so I'm really only active right now on X, Twitter, and um, and Instagram. I'll like my TikTok and my YouTube stuff is kind of in a hiatus. I um just re re envisioning some of the stuff and honestly spending a lot of time supporting people behind the scenes and doing creation for other brands. Um, mm -hmm. got some exciting exciting things. I mean, I, I can say it on here. Like I'm just just uh, finalizing a deal with TBN um to help them build out their gaming brand. Um, Trinity Broadcast TBN. Network. Yeah. So they, Trinity Broadcasting Network. Yeah, so I'm. Oh man, let's go. Yeah, so they own VeggieTales, they own Chosen, and and they have a, a a huge mission to not miss the next generation. So I'm be working with them to build a a gaming uh, ethos and and brand. Um and um so yeah that, that that's that that's some exciting stuff. But yeah, on Twitter, John W Key Rush, where I post a lot of my gaming stuff. I'm, I'm I'm I have a lot of friends on there and a lot of relationships on there that. Or don't follow me because I'm a Christian. And that's one of the things that I pride myself in my, myself in is really building yeah. bridges for people. And so you go there, you're like, this guy's a pastor. He doesn't post preaching clips. Well, go to my Instagram, <laughs> John W. Rush. You'll get plenty of Jesus. My Instagram, I've yeah. realized is that the vast majority of people that follow me on Instagram are other pastors. They're students in my ministry um, and they're leaders. And so I post extensively about the Bible, about leadership thoughts, um, digital tactics and, and all that stuff on, on Instagram. So I'd love to say hi to you guys on either of those platforms. Dude. And that there's a whole nother thing to talk about there. Like meeting people where they are in on social platforms, having one platform that is for one thing, because that's where those people are having another platform for another thing. Cause that's where those people are. I love, dude, I love that split, man. You just freaking nuggets all over the place here. Uh, well, hey, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We're going to get out of here um, for myself, Bubba, for Mark, and for our guest, John Rush. Hey, man, thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. Check us out online, ncmcollective.com. We'd love to hang out with you, hear more about you, and get you in maybe our Discord. Uh, you could find out more about our podcast and the stuff that we do so that we, like John said, can better support you in the ministry that you're doing. And as I like to say, if no one else tells you this, just remember it's true. Jesus loves you, nerds. You've been listening to the NCMU Podcast with hosts Mark Lutz of Lux Digital Church and Bubba Stallcup of Love Thy Nerd. NCMU is a member of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and available on all major podcasting platforms. The NCMU podcast is part of a greater movement called the Nerd Culture Ministry Collective. You can get more information about this show, our guests, and how you can join our Nerd Culture Ministry Collective Discord server by visiting ncmcollective.com.